Our scripture reading today is from John 1, 1 through 14, 16 and 18, uh, 29 through 34. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life. That life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives life, light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and through the world was made through him. Though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man was who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him. But the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man whom you see, the Spirit come down and remain, is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and testify that his, he is the Son of God. Pastor Neil.
We begin a new series today. We've been talking about worship for the past several weeks. And uh, today is a special day because we launch into a new series that I've been uh, looking forward to for a while. That story we just heard, it's uh, the tail end of that passage that was read, was about Jesus' own baptism. And we talked about how John the Baptist came baptizing and then one day he baptized Jesus and it describes that scene of the dove coming down and we read that the voice of God actually spoke out at that time and said this is my son from whom I'm well in whom I'm well pleased spoke out as the, from as the light broke through the clouds it was this amazing scene Jesus baptism And John said, this is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Whereas he had just baptized with water. I thought that it would be appropriate with reading this uh, story today if we uh, recapped something that we witnessed here just a few weeks ago. But it was Labor Day weekend and some of you weren't able to be here. And so I just wanted to show kind of just a video clip from a baptism service we had just a few weeks ago. And so we'll watch this. It's just a couple minutes long. uh, And then we'll launch into the rest of this series about the Holy Spirit. But, you know, there's nothing more exciting uh, for a church than baptism. Because nothing is greater proof of what God is up to in our midst than baptism. And it is the symbol of life transformation It is the symbol of a life transformed by God from living the world's way to living God's way. And it's a sign that someone has given their heart to Christ and has found salvation in Him and rescue from certain death, which is the result of sin, as it says. And we are all, have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we are all standing in need of that grace. And so when one comes to find that and we celebrate that in baptism it's something worth celebrating to be sure so let's watch this together Jesus 
it was just always there. It was a slow process of knowing him and then kind of like fighting him, struggling with him, and then coming back and just feeling his love. I feel that I'm happier. There's always hope. I always know that tomorrow is going to be better than today. You accepted Christ as your king of your life. It's my privilege to baptize you now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Give those guys a hand one more time. <laughs> Thankful for what God has done in their lives. And uh, maybe God's up to something in your life as well. And maybe He's been speaking to your heart as well. And uh, if you would decide to give Jesus your heart, or if you're even just thinking about that, and you want to talk to someone about it, uh, please come and talk to me about it, and uh, we can talk about salvation we can talk about baptism and I would be excited to celebrate with you as well one of these days soon well we're in this new series beginning it today on the Holy Spirit and uh, some of you if you study much US history you may be aware of this if if not uh, this may come as something of a surprise to you but the founders of our nation, uh, at the time when our nation was founded, the, the 18th century, 1700s, there was a popular, uh, it was a period called the Enlightenment period, and there were a lot of new ideas and philosophies out there, and there was a popular concept surrounding uh, faith in God that, and Christianity that was called deism. And maybe you've heard that word before. Um, but deism, in a very small nutshell, uh, they, for one, kind of like Unitarianism, don't believe in the Trinity. And they don't believe that, uh, they believe in God, they believe in providence. But they don't believe that God is involved in your individual everyday life in some way, shape, or form. It's more of a God set things in motion. God oversees the big scheme of things. And it's going to all end up where he wants it to in the end. But he's more of a big picture God, not a small picture God. And that was a belief that was very popular at the founding of our country. And some of our founding fathers, uh, even like Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Jefferson, for instance... Uh, either considered themselves deists or had beliefs that kind of fell in line with that. And that was a belief that even though you don't hear it talked about in those terms nowadays, it's not very popular anymore. Uh, and yet some of those concepts, you still find that people think that way uh, with the, just the way that they live their life, the way that they treat God as someone far off in heaven that doesn't have much to do with our everyday lives and he's doing his own thing and he doesn't care much about us and he isn't very relevant to your everyday life he's just that big God in the sky thing well we're going to be refuting that today we're going to take a different look at what God is like Perhaps there is nothing about God more confused or misunderstood or downright ignored than the Holy Spirit. 
And maybe in a way this is because those terms even, just the word holy and the word spirit are words that we're not entirely comfortable with. I mean, holy seems like a little bit too much for us to comprehend. Spirit, well that's spiritual and that's kind of, you you know, we get a little bit queasy about spiritual stuff sometimes when we think about supernatural things, spirit, holy and spirit. They seem kind of unfathomable. And so we sometimes write all that off, and along with the Holy Spirit himself, as that's uh, something we're not really meant to grasp or understand, maybe. On the other hand, there are Christians who maybe overemphasize or become obsessed with the Holy Spirit, and not so much with the Holy Spirit as with what this Holy Spirit has to offer through gifting or through healing or you name it. In fact, there was a movement that took place in the middle of the last century. We're now in a new century. How are you liking the 2000s so far? <laughs> but in the middle of the last century, which doesn't seem, it seems weird to say the last century, doesn't it? Because most of us in this room have lived in the last century. and It just seems kind of weird to say that we were alive in the last century. I feel at least three times as old just because of that. But In the middle of the last century, and some of you were alive in the middle of the last century, and there was a movement that took place that uh, has been called the Charismatic Movement or the Pentecostal Movement. It was a movement in many churches that uh, swept across this nation and even around the world of uh, church groups who, for one thing, placed a lot of emphasis on that, those gifts of the Holy Spirit, specifically and especially the most controversial one being the gift of tongues. Um, But other things went along with that. And some of it was questionable doctrinally, biblically questionable, uh, and especially to the way that churches like, uh, like our church and other groups like us interpret scripture. And so, as a result, many of the churches in our country, you name, I mean, groups like Baptists and Wesleyans and Nazarenes and uh, Methodists and you name it, most of the churches in our nation distanced themselves from that movement. They didn't want to be associated or misunderstood as being a part of that because they saw things that they felt were wrong with it. Now, in doing so, one of the effects of that seems to have been that the Holy Spirit got kind of swept under the rug, if you will. Because if we do a bunch of talking about the Holy Spirit, well, they might think that we're one of those folks. <laughs> we don't want to be considered one of those. We're just not those folks. And so let's um, distinguish ourselves from that. And so some of the language that used to be common, even in the Church of God in the early parts of the century, have become very uncommon. And one of those things is just the way we talk about or not talk about the Holy Spirit. Well, I want to share with you about him today. Because I believe in ignoring the Holy Spirit, we ignore the most relevant person of God to our everyday lives. That's kind of a big statement. So let me kind of unpack that a little bit. See, we've largely ignored the most relevant person of God, the part of God that is most present and real to your life today. The part of God that is who we need most if we're going to try and live this Christian life. 
Let's explain a little bit, but to do that, we're going to need to back up just a little bit and explore a concept that has been around and for throughout just about all of Christianity's history, and it's a concept called the Trinity. This is a major, major core theological belief of Christians that's been held since the very earliest days you can find in history. And the word Trinity actually comes from two Latin words, trinus and unitus. And when you combine them, you get trinity. Now trinus, you might guess from tri, like tricycle or, you know, you name it, is three. Okay? And unitus, like unity or union, is one. Or if you like to play uno, comes from that too, I suppose. So you have three and one mushed up into one word. So you kind of have three in one. And that is the concept of the Trinity. John chapter 1, which was read for us earlier. We read it together. That uh, um, it kind of con- contains the Trinity concept all in one chapter. But you can find the concept of the Trinity throughout Scripture from front to back. But you won't find that word Trinity. that's made up of those two Latin words. Because that is a word that was given by early Christians to describe what was happening in this, to describe this concept that they were seeing throughout Scripture and to put a name on it. You won't find that word in Scripture, but you'll find the concept throughout. And so let's explore it just a little bit. In fact, let's go back to some of the earliest pages of Scripture. And I put the scriptures up here because we're going to be jumping around a little bit and they're just short, so I won't make you do all the dirty work of opening and turning pages just for these short passages. But there's something interesting about these verses. Something that might even strike an odd tone in your, or just a, you might have a question mark in your head as you read it. It says, Verse 26, uh, Genesis chapter 1. Genesis, being the very first book of the Bible, tells the story of God's creation, amongst other stories. And we have, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. 3.22, similar. The Lord God said, Since man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil, he must not reach out and take from the tree of life, eat and live forever. Now, lots could be preached from these passages, and has been. But the part that I'm hoping stuck out to you as we read that, is that God said, us. And he said, our doesn't that strike you as a little bit odd? I mean, usually you don't say, then I said, let us, you know, unless you're schizophrenic. <laughs> you usually don't do that. But God said that there. Even though he's a us, let's look at another passage that seems to contradict. This is Deuteronomy 6, 4. Deuteronomy being a book of the law of Moses and we read hear O Israel the Lord our God the Lord is one 
So he's a us, but he's also unmistakably a one. That verse up there on the screen is held by Jews to be one of the most important passages of scripture. They recite it daily. More than once a day, devout Jews. They teach it to their children. They teach them to say it before they go to sleep at night. It's called the Shema. Why so important, this little small verse? Well, when this verse was given, Israel stood apart from other nations very starkly just by the fact that they held that God was one and that there was but one God because all the people around them believed that there were many gods. And that was a shocking thing. You know, maybe that seems odd to us today and yet maybe it shouldn't because, again, people don't change much (laughs) over the years. I mean, things look a lot different and we drive cars and whatnot instead of riding a horse or walking. But people still like to believe that there's many ways to heaven or that there are, um, you know, all paths created equal. And there's still religions that have multiple gods even today. And it may not seem like they're very popular here, but in other parts of the world where there are billions of people that believe that, you might think different. So how do we reconcile these two concepts, though? The us and the one. How can God be both us and one? Well, sometimes we make that harder than it is. I mean, on the surface, it sounds like weird math to say that one plus one plus one equals one. Right? We were doing math last week, too. This is getting to be a trend. But think about some of the things that we don't question as being three and one. These are poor illustrations of God, but just to get your brain going a little bit. An egg is an egg. It's one egg, but it's got a shell. It's got egg white. It's got egg yolk. Consider yourself, for that matter. Are you just bone and flesh? Or is there something else about you? Are you also spirit? What do you believe about yourself? There's the states of matter. Think about water. This is very appropriate here because humidity is a big deal down here, right? Heat and humidity. And it gets hot and it gets humid. And so then we have to put ice in our water to cool ourselves down. And right there you've got three states of matter. You've got solid, ice, And then liquid water, and you've got vapor, the humidity, all wrapped in one. We experience it every day down here in Louisiana, right? And so those are different states of the same thing. It's kind of like three in one. Now again, these are all imperfect illustrations. They don't do... There is nothing in this world that you'll find that will define who God is, because He's not of this world He made it. So ultimately we can say this. That God is the Father and God is the Spirit and God is the Son. The Son is God, the Father is God, the Spirit is God. But the Father is not the Spirit, nor is He the Son. The Son is not the Father, nor is He the Spirit. The Spirit's not the Son, nor is He the Father. See how this gets complicated? (laughs) 
It's a complicated diagram, but that kind of gives you, in a nutshell, in a diagram, what we believe about the Trinity. Somehow or another, the Father, the Son, the Spirit are one. And somehow or another, they're different from each other. And as you read Scripture, you find this to be true. Oftentimes, the, the three, are, they're each talked about as being God. And yet, each of them are talked about differently. And they have different characteristics. And so they are three in one. I mentioned earlier that Christians have believed this as far back as you can track. There's a passage of scripture. I mean, I'm sorry, it's not a passage of scripture at all, actually. I don't know where that came from. I have scripture on the brain. Uh, There is a creed that dates way back about 1,700 years ago. That's 1,700 years ago. In the 300s, that would be the 4th century. And Christians sat down and said, hey, let's get clear on what we believe. And here are a few of the things that they said that pertain to what we're talking about here with the Trinity. They said, we believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and of all things visible and invisible. And in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, Light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father. And in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and giver of life, who proceedeth from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. Spake. That's a word. It's too bad we lost that one, huh? Through the years we don't use that one too much, but it's a lot of fun to say. You ought to try it out today. Try it out on someone who wouldn't hear. <laughs> What's that you spake? No. <laughs> Maybe we still use it sometimes out in the South. Huh? Oh boy. That's a 1700 year old creed that, we st- that still came up in my theology class in college in the 2000s. And so still in use, still pertinent and defines a concept of this trinity. As I mentioned before, we find all three persons represented in the passage of scripture read for us today in John chapter 1. John, the book of John, is an ancient manuscript. We call it a gospel. It's the last of the four gospels that you find in your Bible. And it's probably my personal favorite. I love the way that the Apostle John writes through that. We believe that the Apostle John wrote this book and it was his uh, documentation of what Jesus did while he was here on earth. And thus it's called a gospel. Good news. And in this first chapter we read he uses kind of a poetic thing and he talks about Jesus as the word and he said at the very beginning that the word was with God in the very beginning when he made everything and through the word everything was made and the word was God it says and so we have right there an us don't you isn't that neat you see in Genesis 
1, that he says, let us make man in our own image. And in John 1, it says that the world was made through the Word, with God. And the Word was God. And so you have Jesus and God creating all this stuff together. We don't think about that too often. Jesus being there at the very beginning and helping with the, the formation, the creation of everything. And God indeed became flesh. He became human, took on form as a man, as we read in Philippians 2 earlier today. And through Jesus, God became tangible. He became touchable. He became something relatable to us that makes more sense in our minds than a God up there. He became a man walking around on the earth that was also fully God. And so God came, he became real to us in a new way. And then John the Baptist describes this scene at the end of John, that passage we read in John chapter 1. And he says that he baptized Jesus. And if you read some of the different accounts of this, because John the Baptist, uh, let's just back up and talk about him for a second. He's mentioned in every uh, one of those four Gospels as an important key person. And a lot of times, again, we just kind of brush over him because we don't really see what that has to do with us. And yet, the apostles seem to all think that it was pretty important because they mention it a lot. And in fact, many of them were John's disciples before they became Jesus' disciples. And so he had an impact on their lives personally. And John was baptizing and he was preaching a repentance Hey, you need to repent from your sins. You need to turn and start living God's way. And he was baptizing people as a sign of that. But he said, there's going to come one. They would ask him. They'd say, John, John the Baptist, are you the Messiah? Are you the one we've been waiting for? And he would say, no, it's not me. But there's one coming after me for whom I'm preparing the way. And him, I'm not even worthy to tie his sandals or untie them, much less baptize him. In fact, when Jesus came and asked John to baptize him, John was not comfortable with it at all. He said, Lord, you should be baptizing me, not the other way around. But Jesus said, let this be done. It was God's will that he be baptized. And he set an example for all of us in that. And it launched his earthly ministry. But when that took place, we read that the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. And today's message is called Holy Spirit, the dove, because of that very scene. And because I love the image of that. Of a dove descending from the heavens and coming to rest on Jesus. And here's the thing. It's a visual depiction that dove of why the Holy Spirit is so significant and so relevant to our lives today God did not just stay up in his high heaven separate from all of us uninvolved with our lives he came down not just in the person of Jesus temporarily but permanently through the Holy Spirit to be involved in our very lives, in our everyday lives, in the minutiae of our lives. He is not, as the deists have said, in whatever shape or form they take, some God that's uninvolved with your life. 
that doesn't want anything to do with your life, that's just looking at the big picture of things, and he's going to work out the big scheme in the end, but he could care less about you, you're an ant. That's not God. God is the God who descended like a dove, came from heaven to earth to make his spirit available to us today. And in the person of the Holy Spirit, God has become near and present and involved. And that is good news. So because the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity, there's some things we can say about him. First of all, the Holy Spirit's not an it. He's a person, just as God is a person, just as Jesus is a person. The Holy Spirit is also the third person of that Trinity. And because He is God, there's some things that we can say about God that we can also say about the Holy Spirit. For instance, the omnis. Are you familiar with the omnis? God is omnipotent, (laughs) omnipotent, all-powerful is what that means. God is omniscient, meaning He knows all. And he's omnipresent, meaning he's present everywhere. We believe these things about God and they are equally true of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is God. We can say all that about just about God and you'd still be fine to be a deist because a deist can believe all that too and still believe that all that stuff doesn't mean God has to be involved in our everyday life. But because of the Holy Spirit... As Christians, yes, God has all these powers and all these omnis, but we don't have to just envision him up in heaven doing his own thing. We don't have to think that, boy, to get God involved in my life, I have to pray really hard, or I have to do, jump through all these hoops, or you know, maybe if I work hard enough, or think hard enough the right way, or do the right things, then maybe God would use a little bit of that vast power he has to zap a little something good into my life. Instead, here's the amazing truth. The amazing news that should revolutionize the way we think about God and the very way we live and the way we pray and the way we interact with God. And this is on your sheet as well if you want to fill in those blanks. It says, Through the Holy Spirit, Almighty God has become present and involved. Present and involved. In our here and now. Through the Holy Spirit, Almighty God in heaven above has become present and involved in our here and now. Is that good news? All right. All that power, all that wisdom, all that guidance, all that peace, all that love, all that joy and hope, all that help that we so desperately need if we're to live the kind of life that God calls us to, all of that has been made present and available to us through the person of the Holy Spirit. And as we look next week, Jesus himself in another passage actually... I just left... Left the sound system. Let's see if I can come back. Woo, I'm back. Louder than ever. All right. Don't know. I think we're out of luck today. I'll switch to the... (laughs) Oh, I have no idea. All right. Where was I? (laughs) Jesus himself later says that it would be... He told his disciples this. Now just picture yourself sitting with Jesus as one of his disciples for a moment. Just... 
sitting there in a room munching on some unleavened bread and Jesus is sitting there he says you know it would be better for you if I left and you're like now how do you figure that one Jesus I mean have you ever like me I think I'll Quite frequently, I think, Jesus, I wish you'd come live my life for a day or so so I could see how you'd do it because I'm pretty sure I'm not doing it that way. And my world just seems so different than those dusty Palestine roads that you walked so long ago. And the culture seems so different. And sometimes I just don't even know what it looks like to live for you in my daily context. And wouldn't you just come and and do this thing one more time again so I can see what it would look like? For my everyday life. I don't know if you've ever felt that way. But sometimes I feel that way. But Jesus said. No it would be better for you. If I go. Because then. I'll be able to send the Holy Spirit. To you. (laughs) What could possibly be better. Than Jesus. Walking right here on earth. Try this. God living in you and God living in me and God living in his church because the dove has descended the spirit has been sent God is not inaccessible somewhere in his high heaven he's wanting to make your heart his home There's a verse in Romans 8 that I've come to love and there was a song that we'll have to sing it here sometime that echoes that same thought. And the thought is this. That the same power that raised Christ from the dead is the power alive in you and I as Christians. Because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that lives in us. How can we apply this to our everyday life? Well, it's time to stop ignoring the Holy Spirit and instead to strike up a relationship with Him. No more ignoring this person of God who is, should be the most relevant person of God to our life. No, Jesus is not still walking the earth in bodily form. And yes, there is a God in high heaven. But there is also the Holy Spirit, thank God, who lives in you and I and has the power to do so much. And so here's what I want to challenge you to begin to do even this week. And that is the last blank on your sheet if you're filling them in. Ask the Holy Spirit for help this week. Ask the Holy Spirit for help. I don't know what you're going to deal with this week. Frankly, you don't know what you're going to deal with this week. But be prepared, and even in advance, ask for, the Holy, ask for the Holy Spirit to help you. See, sometimes we pray to God for comfort, when what we really need is the comforter. Sometimes we pray to God for wisdom, and what we really need is the counselor. Sometimes we pray for help, when what we really need is the advocate the helper because see we pray for what we think best but we also learn that the Holy Spirit prays for us and he prays for what he knows is best 
So often we want things from God when what we need is God himself. And God living in us can provide all that we need. Are you also standing here today and thinking, how can I ask this Holy Spirit for help when I don't even know if I have him? Well, we're going to dive more into that in the future. But for Christ followers, for those of us who have submitted our lives to him, we can have faith that that Holy Spirit is constantly available to us We can ask for refreshed fillings of His Spirit in our lives. We can ask for His help in day-to-day things. If you're not a Christ follower, this Holy Spirit is the one knocking on your door today, of your heart, and asking you to make room for Him. And I pray that you would consider it. Because all that power that was strong enough to raise Christ from the dead is available for us today. Christians, we shouldn't be ever afraid or wimpy. Because the same power that raised Christ from the dead is available to us through the Holy Spirit, the person of God who's available to us today. And if you've been living as I have been sometimes guilty of living ignoring him do it no longer and rely on him instead let's pray together then we're going to sing Father we thank you for the gift of your spirit you are so good to us that you would not stay Far away, but you are a God who drew near to us, who's become real to us, who wants to be involved in our daily lives. Holy Spirit, empower us as your followers, as Christians. Empower us to live this life as we could not live it on our own. Forgive us for the times that we've ignored you and help us to learn to seek you and to seek your will, your direction, your guidance, your help, your comfort, your peace, your joy in all that we do and all that we say. We pray that your name would be received the glory, not ours. In Jesus' name, amen.